Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Jasna Borza. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to yet another episode. And today I bring you an interview, which I'm so excited about. I bring you today, Dr. Nicole Fredericks Jackson. Uh, Nicole is a former client, a mentee, and our dear friend. And we had such a fun, fun, filled session. And fun talking about something, you know, you would necessarily think it's fun, um, career growth and being unhappy in our jobs and pivoting, etc. Um, it's just, it's very, it's a, a very interesting spin on what it means to be happy and finding purpose in your work. So Nicole uh, Frederick Jackson is a lawyer turned career coach and uh, she uses her doctorate in educational leadership and in her leader coaching method. She really helps other achieving professionals see, you know, find not only career excellence, but really find their fulfillment and balance in their career and life. And so many moments today, we had to go back to something that she calls getting your house in order. Um, and what that means is that sometimes when you're so unhappy in your job, maybe the true cause is something that, you know, is within your household or in other aspects of your life, like not taking care of yourself, which I felt was so incredibly powerful and not often what we talk about. Often it's you're unhappy with your job, polish your resume, network, find other, you know, uh, uh, solutions, get better, get more training. And she really puts that on its head. And we even went back and forth about the question of like, what does it mean to have a purpose? Is your job your purpose? Maybe it doesn't have to be. Really incredibly insightful, powerful, fun conversation. And I think you're going to, you know, look at the job that you're in, you're calling differently. She gives us some really uh, practical things that we can do today to feel more alive and to thrive in our everyday and life. Uh, so I'm just super, super, super excited. Without um, uh, much more jib-jabbering, <laughs> here's Dr. Nicole Fredericks-Jackson. Nicole, hey, welcome to Up Level Together podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm so excited and excited to see you face to face because we're, I kind of miss you. I miss you too. It's been a while. And I it's, know. It's nice to see another human. I know. I love this. Well, hopefully this will all lift and we can, we can spend more, more time together. Okay. So I am, first of all, uh, you and I have known each other for, for quite some time now. So I'm even more excited about this because I have watched you over the last few years really come into your own and own yourself and it's kind of beautiful and i think that because we know each other so well when you see the the, the journey i think it's so that it becomes more real and more authentic so i'm just really excited about today because i think that i get to um um showcase someone that i really deeply um respect and and we get to talk about so many really exciting things that are going to be a service to others so yay yay i'm looking forward to it thank you it's so it's been such a it has been quite the journey so it has been fun to work 
on this journey along with you and just to, to see where it all goes. I, I can't wait. Okay, so we're, we're going to get, we're, we're really going to get right into it. So you have, I'm very deeply fascinated by your story. Um, you are a attorney turned career coach and you have a doctorate in educational leadership. Like seriously, what an interesting, interesting path. Um, I would love for you, I know the story, but I would love for you to tell our audience the path of like actually becoming the career growth and leadership coach. Um, and the, you know, how did you happen to be here in this, in this, um, role after having gone through so many different iterations of your career and some very distinguished and highly successful careers? Yeah, I, I'd love to share that. You know, Honestly, I think so much of it goes back to um, childhood for me. So I am a first generation uh, college student who has parents who didn't make it past high school. One didn't make it past eighth grade. The other one didn't make it past high school. So I'd watch them um, struggle uh, a lot as I was growing up just to make sure that, you know, they could make ends meet. And so it always became a real focus of me to be a high achiever like my drive was get college you know go to college do all the quote unquote right things and change that right and so I did all of that and I found that yeah I did make a difference in being able to pay bills and live comfortably and, and do all of those things but yeah I went to uh, undergrad I went on to college because or to law school excuse me because it felt like well, that was just the next achievement to add into, you know, your bag of achievements um, and have your parents and everyone be proud of you and all of those things. And so I continued down that path and ended up um, practicing law for nearly, uh, well, I'm still actually licensed to practice law. So I've, it's been 20 plus years. Let's spend a while. Um, but it was in my late 30s that I recognized um, that I had done all of these things. Yet, you know, and I had the family, I had, you know, basically I had the white picket fence, right? Everything that we, the American dream, you know, to have all these things. Um, the family, the dog, the house, uh, the car, you name it. And I looked around and I'm like, I love the people I'm with, but something seems really just not quite right in life um, and in the career. And so I started down that path for myself to really start to take stock of like life overall, like what was going well, where could I add things, where were things I needed to take out? Um, and what did I want to change within my career? What was feeling off? Because I was feeling like I wasn't doing what I had intended and wanted to do. Again, it's a little bit of that achievement, but it was where I wanted to go. And so I started down on this whole journey and through it, um, in working with coaches and doing all that thing, I recognized that what I had always enjoyed in life and in my career was the coaching piece. Um, I did a lot of coaching and mentoring while I was actually in undergrad and law school. Um, it was something I was always drawn to doing and not asked to help with. I continued to do that in the early years of my career. And then ultimately I worked in higher ed for 10 years where you did a ton of that with young professionals. And um, I recognize that that is what I love doing. Like I wanted to do more of that. I still love like the legal profession and I think there's so many good things with it, but my fit was much more in that helping people 
find ways to make their life and their career better from a career growth and a leadership standpoint. You've hit so many interesting points of like, you've actually done all the things that you're now teaching others to do, which is an indicator of a fabulous coach and a teacher because let me walk the walk, right? And let me walk the talk and let me actually experience that for myself. Um, when you, you know, you talk a lot about that point where you, you have everything, this picture, how many of us find ourselves with the white picket fence and everything is great and yet something is missing, that point. And then you often talk about the stress, the very often stress is the first indicator that something is off. Um, why are so many Americans today, people worldwide, so stressed out and mismatched in our careers where we go after something it's like it's not it, at some point it just doesn't fit. Right, right. I mean, so only 15% of the population, of the working population, is actually engaged in their work. They find that 85% is not. Um, it's a pretty well-known statistic, um, so it's not something that, you know, it's like, whoa, this is novel, but it, it, but it's it novel shows. for me. That's like, I'm, I'm, it, the audience can't see my jaw drop. 15% is only staggering. Yeah, only 15%. And, you know, so some of it is that we don't take time to take stock of the chapters of our life. Because what was interesting to me or to you as a listener at the age of 20, when you're initially starting off on your career path, is not necessarily going to be the same thing that's interesting to you once you have children and a family, or maybe you don't have children and a family, but you just have outgrown that piece. Um, and sometimes we feel so, because we made that commitment at age 20, we're, we feel like we can't change that commitment at age 38 and 40 and maybe even beyond that. Um, and so that's one of the pieces. Like I think we, 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 we get into positions where we no longer feel like we're growing and learning. Um, we no longer feel like that's our strengths and our skill sets that really are being used. Um, but we do it because... You know, work is a necessity, right? Like, it just is for most of us. Um, and so we don't stop to pause to take just a full stock of those pieces. But I'll tell you the other piece that I feel really passionately about is that we don't stop and look at our full life. And when I say our full life, you know, I mentioned the learning and growing piece, but I also think we need to look at our relationships with others. Are we making connections? Are we doing anything fun in our life? And the other big piece is honestly health. Um, I pulled this statistic before coming in here. I happened to pull a study that I was just interested in, and I thought it was really, this, this one actually did make my jaw drop. Um, it's interesting to me, it was a 2018 Carolina study that revealed that only about 12.2% of American adults are actually metabolically healthy. And what I found interesting, and obviously there's no study correlating these two things, but you only have about 12% of us that are metabolically healthy, like, right, we're taking care of our activity and our health and nutrition, all of those pieces. And only 15% of the population is actually engaged in their career. And it's interesting to me because I think our health and our well-being plays a huge part in how we show up in our career and whether we can grow and lead. Because if we're not stopping to move and we're not eating healthy, 
we start to fall apart. We start to get really stressed. We're not maybe doing our yoga, our meditation, our prayer, our nature walks, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but all of those pieces come together. And when they're not coming together, we become super stressed in the work that we do. Um, so the mismatch is that it really you could have outgrown it. Yep. You're not a 20-year-old anymore. It's okay. It's okay. It's never too late. And then secondly, it may be that you just need there are other conditions that are affecting your happiness at work. Absolutely. You're not taking care of yourself. And by virtue of not taking care of yourself, you're not showing up very well for what you're doing. And you also can't see the forest through the trees at that point, right? Like, are there things I could do within my work? Could I look at setting boundaries? Are there things I could ask for because you've like stopped caring for like your own self. So you're not like as confident as you could be. And so you're not doing the things to really kind of nurture your career as well. So we're going to talk a little bit more later about this because I want to ask you about what, you know, when people are in careers that they can find themselves happy. But what are some signs for you if I am not feeling good in my body? What are some signs that the audience will know that they sometimes, maybe some people don't know that they're neglecting their, their well-being? Or do we always know? I think we know. Mm -hmm but I don't think we're willing to admit it. Powerful. Um, okay. Because I was there, right? No, I'm fine. I, you know, I go for that walk during lunch or, you know, I do these things. I, I eat the veggies once in a while or a lot. Depends on the what mode I'm in. But it's more than just those things. Like you have to care for your whole person. Meaning you also need to, how are your relationships with people? Like, are you getting out and are you seeing your friends? Are you spending adequate time with your spouse or with your child? And if you're not and you're wanting to add more, what are the excuses that are keeping you back from doing those things? Or what's the reason that you're not, you know, maybe eating more of the green stuff? I'm not saying take everything away, but you know, why aren't we adding those things? Um, I think sometimes we're just, we're not aware. We're not paying attention. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until, so part of my story was I was very unhappy as well, like in my career. So I've lived a lot of this that people are going through. And it, I loved the people I was with. I loved all of the things, but I realized I wasn't choosing what I would say is happiness. And now happiness doesn't mean like showing up every single day being, hey, I'm so happy. I think that's good, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I started to delineate my choices at that point in time based on happiness, right? So if I really thought that working out was going to help me like be happier, because I always showed up more confident. Whenever I'm working out and eating the right things, I show up like as a much more confident human, like as a better leader, as a better leader. Like mm -hmm. I feel like in my space and I even like, even in a job that maybe I wasn't like growing in, I still felt really good at that point. But when I don't do those things, I recognize that I'm not feeling as confident and doing those things. But when I said I was going to choose happiness, it meant choosing, okay, creating time for my family, not saying yes to everything, like starting to set boundaries. Um, 
and also it meant that I was going to take that walk or I was going to go out for a run or I was going to, you know, go sit and have the half hour to have lunch so you were away from my desk. intentional actions to help you be a better leader and really um, lead you to the happiness that you were seeking. Yeah, because you start to make a different, you ask yourself different questions, right? It kind of becomes this, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Good. And if I can figure out what I'm saying no to, and I knew that that was something that was really important to me, then it was like, okay, you know what? I need to make a better choice. Now, I don't get freedom. Like in a career, sometimes you don't get freedom over every single choice, but I believe that you can start to create healthy boundaries um, and create space for yourself. And sometimes we think taking care of ourselves is going to take hours. I'm talking like, you know, an hour a day to care for yourself. You know, I, I love this because it's, you know, when we talk about career coaching, we talk about leadership coaching, there's never a conversation about, hey, check in with yourself. Like, you know, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something that you really, really may want. And the conversation back to taking care of oneself, which has been a huge part of your platform. So I want to salute you for actually doing that because very few people um, do that. Um, which is which is very important, I, I, I think. Um, you know, recently you said, which I loved, and by the way, your Instagram is really popping these days, um, and the posts that you're sharing are very, I think, strong. Um, so you wrote, when you give yourself permission to embrace life as a whole and to pivot when you become bored at work, your life and career begin to prosper. So this goes back to embracing life as a whole. And again, going back to a career, like you would think like it's all about the resume and the networking. You were saying yes and. Exactly. So that comes again from a little bit of that lived, or not a little bit, it comes a lot from that lived perspective. But when I decided to embrace like figuring out like, what areas of life could I start to improve? Like, right? Like, what are some things that I'm doing that maybe I need to let go of? But what are some of the things that I need to add to that? Like, for instance, I kept using my son as an excuse not to, like, have date night, right? Um, and it was about, like, oh, you know, we we can't go because we have a son, right? Like, but then it was, the next excuse was my, I didn't, like, want to get a babysitter because it was a huge vetting process with my spouse, right? And I'm once I like identified that I was using those as my excuses and I said yes to doing it and I made it a commitment to do it, you started going on more date nights, right? You started doing things that were more fun for you. I also pledged to like do more trips with the family, right? And our goal is to do quarterly trips. Um, and so starting to say yes to things that we enjoyed started to bring incredible happiness to me. And so once I started to identify those, then I actually finally, for the first time, felt this freedom to start to explore other avenues of work, right? And some that I had never explored. I'd never thought about going into corporate America. Um, I was in public sector and then I was in edu higher education. And then this opportunity came in corporate America and I didn't see it coming. And I was like, wow, okay. And I went ahead and said yes to it. I felt confident enough 
to be like, okay, let's try this. And once I started to embrace all aspects of life and didn't just define myself based on my career, I watched my career growth and my income go up and it changed. Um, And it was really like, that meant a lot to me because in, in the sense of like, I think when you start to like allow yourself to be your full self and bring everything in, that you start to be able to be like, yeah, you know, I can go after, you know, the job that I want or I can. And so it changes how you approach your career or any kind of career pivot that you want to make, whether it's going for that leadership role, going for a totally different position, you know, whatever it might look for, or just even asking your boss for more of the things you really enjoy. Yeah. In, again, in your words, your life and career begin to prosper. Mm-hmm. There's a story that Alfred Adler, the father of positive psychology, said that he was coaching a man in the sales and they were trying to boost his numbers. So all of a sudden, the man wasn't able to hit his quota. And after a few sessions, they figured out that all he had to do is go home and um, make up with his wife. <laughs> so how much of that is really true? You speak the truth, and I think many of us are going to resonate with that because yeah. we're so much more than just just our careers, which is... I mean, it's so refreshing to hear from someone because I, I, I follow a lot of um, or pay attention to career coaches who are, you know, only focusing on, on the practicalities of, of things when, when um, what's the symptom behind it? I love, love, love that. Um, you know, you said, again, this is, this is starting to be so interesting to me because I know you and I know that you live these things and how you have um, actually really taken your own advice all along. Another thing that you said recently he said, the perfect career plan is not the key to, to a perfect life. <laughs> oh, my God, I love this so much because we in America, we're so focused on this and we identify with, with our goal. Um, you say, instead, it's only one piece of your life's puzzle that leads to life fulfillment. Your career doesn't define who you are at your core, stop relying on it to be your primary source of happiness. Oh my God, I think we're all hearing this. There is the pressure to make the career the source of our happiness and status and you know, self-worth. And uh, how the heck do we stop identifying ourselves with work and, and you know, delineate our self-worth from our work? takes a lot of work I mean (laughs) I'm not gonna lie like it doesn't just magically happen you know like because and I don't know if this is I don't think it's just unique to the legal profession but I do feel like so many define themselves by what they have chosen as a career and my examples would be like so you have in law schools you have the top 10% and they all get the the like the big firm jobs And sometimes there's this perception that, well, I didn't get that top 10%, so I'm not really, wow, I kind of, I'm not as, as good, right? And so you've kind of defined yourself a little bit as, like, less than. And that doesn't help us solve it, right? But I think when you become aware that you've done that to yourself, that suddenly, like, you're, you're, you're creating, like, you're, when you decide that you can be a leader regardless of your position or your title. That's when it can start to change for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are a leader in your life and your whole life and your character and how you show up every day 
is what should define you. And that's not just showing up in your career, it's how you show up with your family, it's how you show up in the community, it's how you show up in all aspects. You know, ways to do that, you know, become aware of it um, and sometimes check yourself, right? Like, how does it feel when you have, um, you know, a review that's going very well, like you're getting a lot of good feedback, but then it comes to the point where they tell you, you know, you maybe aren't um, showing up as well in these areas. And how are you leaving that conversation? Mm. Because there are times where we leave that conversation and we didn't hear a single word of that positive. Oh, and I now we're that. like, yep. oh my gosh, I'm not doing well enough here. Oh, I'm, I'm just failing in this career and I'm just, I'm, it's not going to work out. Like this is like, oh, and well now I'm going to go home you know, sulk and I'm going to take it out, like on my spout, like take it out, meaning but like, I'm just going to be irritable about it. And it, you just show up as a whole different person. And if you recognize that that's what's happening to you, you need to go back and redefine, like you, you are letting someone else define you. And I think that's maybe what it's about is you're being reactive that rather than proactive, mm. right? Like you're reacting constantly to other people's feedback rather than creating the vision of you that you want. So what questions, if I'm overly identified with my work and I am just, you know, I've, I mean, I have the perfect career, but I'm not happy. What are the two questions that I could ask myself to help me just kind of take stock? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think some of the things it's tough it, it's always interesting because it's always for me situational because i think you coach the person not necessarily the problem that's true right like i mm -hmm. think you really talk to them but i think that one of the pieces is um asking yourself what is it that you really want here mm -hmm. right like what's the feeling you ultimately want from from work, mm -hmm. but also what is the purpose of work? What's your why behind why you do the work? And for me, you and I go back and forth on this, mm -hmm. right? Like purpose is a great thing, right? Like having a, a life's purpose. Mm -hmm. But I think what has happened is so many of us feel like our purpose is our, our, job. our, job. our job. yeah, And that's gonna mm -hmm. be the purpose. Sometimes our, our career like serves a greater purpose or a necessity. So for me, once I started to redefine, like ask myself, what is really my purpose here? Like, what is the reason I, I do enjoy working? Like, right. I, I do enjoy work and I enjoy having a career and, and I can't see it any other way for me. But what's the real purpose for me behind that? And it goes to service of others. It goes to, um, being able to contribute to my family and be able, being able to have those experiences with them. That's mine. Everyone else is different, like, right? What you take from your work. But I think just asking yourself, what is it that motivates you? Asking yourself what you value mm -hmm. and then looking at what interests you, right? Like, what are those pieces and how can you possibly ask for more of those things? That, and really how can powerful. you also say no to certain things? Those are great questions. And I think that I, I really do think that a huge number of people really agree with you. There is the conversation that, you know, um, 
the the purpose should be the you know you're support you're made for this and some people really find it and the rest of people are like well how the heck do I find it I what is my purpose no I'm I'm stuck in a job that it's okay it pays the bills but it's not my life's purpose and you're really giving us freedom it's like it doesn't have to be your purpose you could just be a part of your purpose so don't let it consume you go to work make it as good as you can mm -hmm. am I am I hearing that right Absolutely. and then just like just let that um, um, pressure from getting everything from the from the job lesson how are you gonna find happiness in amount of emails mm. an amount of to do an amount of you know back-to-back -back meetings where you don't get um, the space sometimes to do the work that you want to do it's hard to find your happiness there or your purpose in that and really it's trying to create the boundaries around that so you can create a greater hap like a greater purpose for yourself that's not defined by the work that you do because at the end of our life or let's just say what six i don't even know what retirement age i'm not really focused on it so 65 right um i want to say 62 but anyway someone can correct me out there but <laughs> whatever the retirement age is when we get done do I now lose my purpose? Like, do I no longer have purpose? Right? So when I, at the end of my career, do I just suddenly go, all right, well, I have no purpose now. And I think so many do hit that at retirement. I mean, that's why you see so many um, where their health does decline at retirement because they've lost their sense of purpose because they let themselves define themselves as what their career was mm -hmm. rather than defining themselves first and letting that impact the career that they chose and how they do it that's really powerful because it sets you up for a lifetime of knowing what makes you happy knowing yourself not being wrapped around something that really could disappear any minute mm -hmm. and then what do you have i love that can you tell how much i love this i, 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 I love it love it because there's so much you know i think america um all western countries in general, but here in America, especially in the United States, the, the focus on the success and on the, the achievement and being revered and accomplished because of a certain role. And I think it's putting a lot of pressure on others when what you're trying to do, yes, and are you happy? <laughs> yes, and what if this goes away? Yes, and what if, what if you're miserable? So I'm hearing you say all of these things and then give yourself permission to pause pivot and reevaluate. Yep. It's never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. It's never too late to to retrieve your life again. It's never too late to feel alive and thrive. Absolutely. <laughs> you need to feel alive. You need to feel alive while you're working. You need to feel alive in life. And if you do that, you begin to thrive in everything you do. I love that. By the way, this is um, this is a signature program that that uh, Nicole offers, and it's it's kind of like a, your slogan. It is. I often say it's never too late to feel alive and thrive. Yeah, so. love it. You see, I did my homework. I've been <laughs> like, I actually have have really really internalized Nicole here. Uh, you have done a series of. Uh, company trainings um, and webinars on setting goals and setting goals has always been something that that I really struggle with personally um, because I am not as detailed and organized as you are when it comes to actually 
getting it done. You know, I'm just going to wake up like, what am I going to do today? And you talk about this thing, micro actions relating to goals. Would you please tell us like what, what they are and how do we actually apply them so we accomplish things and feel, feel proud of ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my, my theory on, on my view of goal setting is that you always set a bigger goal, like something that you really dream about doing. And I call that the audacious goal. And there's nothing wrong with having that. But in order to get there, you have to set yourself up for micro actions, baby steps, you, you know, whatever you want to call them. But you basically take um, and look at what you hope to accomplish. And you think about, you know, what is one small action today, this week, this month that I can take on a regular basis that will move me in the direction that I want to go. Because so often what happens is when we go after goals, we're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, lose 40 pounds, right? Okay, let's, it's just an easy one for me to remember, right? Like, and you're like, you go all in. And 30 days later, you're like, okay, I did really well, but I'm done. Like, peace <laughs> out, like, oh, yep. and, and you did yep. everything, like, right? And so if you can take small actions, like, right, like one week you start with, you know, drinking the water. The next week you start with adding in the veggies and you start to do positive things, right? That move you in the right direction. And when you can start to instill those small actions, um, I think of it on a quarterly basis, right? Like come back and reevaluate it. At the end of 90 days, did you move further towards your goal by just doing like three to five micro actions over the course of those 90 days. And what are the next steps now? Have you really become ingrained in drinking your water and adding your veggies? Now, what's the next step? Or, you know, reevaluating constantly to look at what's the next best small action that I can take that's not going to overwhelm me. And I think of small action as the action, like, of least resistance for you, right? Something you can and will accomplish. Doesn't mean it's like something that's not gonna barely move the needle, but it means something that you're willing to say yes to on a daily basis without hesitation. Like it's easy for you. You can follow through on it. My friend, um, Amy Ledeen often talks about that when you, um, I think she uses the word honor your words. Yes. Um, and it's micro action. It's something that it's like, there's, there shouldn't be excuse for to drink and five, you know, extra glass of water. They, that's closely related with your self-esteem and self-confidence because then you're really re, um, training yourself and your behaviors and you're feeling more confident about moving forward versus giving up and saying that doesn't work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And because you, yeah, you on, like Amy says, you honor your word. And when you honor your word, you do start to grow that confidence muscle. Like when you do something every day and you're like, wow, I did that every day. That's, that's pretty cool. It could be that you got up and you, you know, walked for two minutes, right? It doesn't matter if you haven't been doing anything, you've done something yeah. and it doesn't have to be the big action and you don't have to spend yourself time comparing yourself to the person who's way further along in their journey on, of health or of career. And, and even in career, like there are micro actions that you can take. Like 
you know, I'm going to learn, you know, some piece of, of my job a little bit better. I'm going to do more of that every day because it fills my soul. Like, right. Those are the micro actions towards like feeling better mm -hmm. in your job. Um, and when you do that all the time, you start to feel more and more confident in what you do and you can start to then ask for more. You know, I love that. One of the things that I um, stopped doing when I was, you know, nursing two little ones and I was so tired was making my bed. And it was, to me, that was my micro action because it affected everything else in my day. So it's like I, the first thing I do in the morning is I make my bed and it takes Two minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, two minutes. And that one micro action sets me up for, for success for the rest of the day. So I, I just, I love, love it. And I love all the time you talk about it. Don't you have something about it on your website? The, yes. Um, I have a goal setting um, formula that's up there um, for people to be able to go in and download. So okay. it's... Uh, What's the website? It's NicoleFJ.com forward slash goals. All right. Awesome. Okay. Now I have to ask the most infamous, <laughs> the most infamous question of all, um, in, in the terms of, uh, work in the United States, work life balance. I'm just going to leave it at that. Does it exist? Is it the elusive animal? What the heck? Right. Your you, thoughts. My goal with my clients is certainly to help them find fulfillment and balance. I don't necessarily use the word life balance terminology. Um, I think work-life balance does exist, but not in the way that we want to envision it, right? Okay. I'm listening. Because we think it's equal parts, right? Equal parts work, equal parts family, equal parts, you know, sleep, right? We're going to just divide that day by eight and, and all is good, right? It doesn't work that way. There are going to be times in your career where it takes up a lot more bandwidth, but you have to then in those times establish some boundaries about what you will and will not do and do it respectfully, right? Like there are times where you can say, you know, I can um, say no to answering this email immediately. I can um, call this person back tomorrow because you know what? I am going to go in and I am going to see my son play lacrosse tonight. I'm not going to miss that game. And so you have to establish some boundaries, but at the same time, work is going to sometimes ramp up and sometimes work is going to ramp down. And sometimes our families are going to ramp up. And sometimes they're going to ramp down. Maybe there's been a death in the family. So now family takes a lot of time. Or maybe my son is struggling in school, which thank goodness he's not. Uh, but, you know, whatever it might be, you now have to invest some additional time there. And so work-life balance is, I don't like the word, right? I think that we balance and the best we can based the best on we can. everything. And mm -hmm. we take what our circumstances are and we do the best with where we're at right at that moment. But I do think the important piece is that you start to um, look at, you know, how can I add a bit more with my family? 
is there something that I can take away, like in some other realm that might give me that extra hour to spend and be present to make it really quality time? Because even if we, I was thinking about this last night, even if we decided we had equal balance, right? So you get home and you have those eight hours with your family, right? What's to keep us from sitting on our phones and staring at social media for hours? Mm. We waste so much of our precious time doing things that don't matter the most to us. Amen. So when you show up with your family, show up with your family. When you show up with your boyfriend or your partner or your spouse or your girlfriend or whatever, it's quality time. Make it count. Make it count. Mm -hmm. If you're going to spend an hour with your friends, make it count. So it's not about the number, it's about the quality of it. It's about the quality. Okay. And, and I think when you get good quality, you feel balanced. more balanced. I love that. What so. a, You've heard it first here, folks. That is actually a really brilliant, brilliant answer to that question. Thank you. It's, it's wow. It's going to be one of those that we have to cut out and, and, and share. I love that. Okay, so one thing that you and I talked at length and that you have been talking about for a very long time, you know, it's kind of like, should I stay or should I go? Mm -hmm. um, for people who are listening, and that's apparently 85% of us, uh, if we are so unhappy and not fulfilled at our jobs, you know, what are the steps, the practical steps that we should take? So again, you've already described to us what questions we should ask ourselves to get us have clarity, but then what? How do I know if I should stay or should, should go? And then, you know, what, what, what steps would you advise I take to actually improve my situation? Because I freaking hate my job. If this is what our audience is feeling. Yeah, um, it's always a tough one when you really feel like you hate your job, right? I'm going to take this from a personal standpoint first. Um, I was at a place where I felt completely out of sorts in work. Like it just didn't feel right. And I'm like, do I stay? Do I go? What, what am I going to do? I don't even know if I could do anything right. Like it was that whole conversation that I think so many of us have. Mm -hmm. And when I decided that I was going to first establish my own happiness, like personal fulfillment, that's when I was able to get clarity on whether to stay or to go because I started to look at, okay, what are some fun things that I can add? I started making it a weekly occurrence to get together with friends. I started making sure that I was um, not sacrificing time with my son. And I started to add those pieces back in. Um, to my life and I started to gain more confidence because I was asking for what I wanted and, and doing more of what I wanted. And I think that same concept translates for many of us. If we can start to, I call it getting your house in order, right? When you start to become a leader in your own personal life and you start to figure out what it is that you need and what works for you, you start to have a better understanding of what you need and what you want in your career. Dash, it goes back to the beginning of what we talked about, Always. right? Yep. I love that. I feel okay. like I'm repetitive sometimes, but no, it is what like is, it all like keeps coming full circle. I think circle we're all nodding yep. our heads, listening, and it's like get your house in order. Yep. Get your house in order. Become a leader in your own life. Mm -hmm. Stop waiting to get the position of leadership somewhere or the next thing. Because what happens is 
if you get a job, like, okay, so you're unhappy in this job and you don't get your house in order because there's something not going on that's well going well for you. It could be greatly related to work. I'm not saying it's not related to work, but sometimes it's not 100% work. It's how you're showing up into work. And if you don't write your own house and then you go to the next career, you find that you're the same person and the same issues or some other resemblance of issues is now happening. And now you're three years in and you're like finding that you're not happy there. And that becomes a cycle of crushing your confidence, right? Um, because all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't belong anywhere. Oh, you know, this is an awful place to be. Then no matter what job you get, you're going to find yourself again in the same miserable state. Absolutely. And so if you can write your own house, if you can become the leader in your own life, then you can begin to make choices um, and not be so afraid of your choices, right? So yeah, you go and you take the next job and you find out, you know what? This is not the right career. Okay. Well, you get to change, right? You're never obligated to stay in the same position for the rest of your life. And so often we are like, oh, I said yes to something. I got to stay here. No. And it's like, no, you don't. No, actually you don't. Like, you know, give them your best while you're there. Yeah. But if it's not the right fit, you're doing both them a service and yourself a service because you're like moving on. I love that. I mean, few few things that you have said that are a resounding yes in this conversation is that get your house in order. I love that. I love that uh, phrase. Is you know um, again when you give yourself permission to embrace life as a whole, your entire life and, and uh, career begin to prosper. It's really so much more. Don't identify yourself with the mm -hmm. career. Let it be just, it could be part of the purpose, but maybe not the whole thing. And my dear God, give yourself permission to pivot. Give yourself permission to change. Um, it's okay. I think you're giving us all one big green light for like, okay, let's exhale. Just change. Yeah. Just make the change. If you want to make the change, make the change. And if I could add to that, from my perspective, I think that I come from a country where you don't even have a privilege to do that. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you know, my mother worked in a sweatshop her whole life. She didn't have an opportunity to be like, well, I'm going to move into a better looking sweatshop or you know what I mean? It's like that was, that was, it definitely wasn't her purpose. It was, it was what she did. And I think that I think of so many um, humans, especially women all over the world who will never have the privilege of living in a free country that and opportunities they're everywhere my dear goodness right further education um all kinds of opportunities to reinvent ourselves yep. and you teach that day in and day out i do and the only thing i would add to that is some of your listeners may be listening thinking you know right now maybe the economy is not as good i'm not sure this is not the right time so maybe there aren't as many changes that i could make and that could be possible but you don't, you don't want to stop yourself from being able to envision and feel that better future. Now, when you start to envision and feel that better future, like when you're looking ahead, it might not happen in six months. It might take a year. But if you don't give yourself permission to envision at that time that things can change and will change, but for right now, just get yourself to the healthiest version you can within what you're at, 
you know, it makes it possible to get there. And it will change everything without changing anything. Absolutely. Maybe you won't even need to pivot because when you embrace life as a whole and you get your house in order, yep. you all of a sudden become happy and then there's nothing to fix. Yep. You find out that this job wasn't as awful as I thought it was. Nicole, I love this. This is so amazing. Really, you and I have had a very interesting conversation, but I feel like sometimes when you have a microphone, you're like, you know, you want to be a little bit more on or pull together like this was this was so um heartfelt i felt it like you really showed up and i felt like it gave such an incredible insight and advice to everyone listening thank you um where can people find you what how can they follow you how can <laughs> they work with you the best place to find me is always on my website um which is Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E-F-J.com, or Nicole Fredericks Jackson, short for that, so NicoleFJ.com. But also, um, I am on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and also Facebook, all under Nicole Fredericks Jackson, and it's F-R-E-D-R-I-C-K-S. Hey, Dr. Nicole Fredericks Jackson. Jackson, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. Always good to see you. And truly, I know, like I feel it when I when there's a good conversation when I know people will benefit. So thank you for your expertise, for your brilliance, for your heart, uh, and for being here today. You are most welcome. It has been a true pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.